0: Are you, are you doing okay? Are you doing okay? Uh, some of you look a little stressed. So they tell us, they tell us that uh, how to relieve stress, this is, this is how you relieve stress, you relieve stress, is you uh, by breathing, in the, you have these deep breathing moments. So maybe we need to do that just a little bit right now. Come everyone breathe in. Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, breathe out. And you, they, they, they say the more you have this, process where you breathe deep and breathe in, you know, it's supposed to help you relieve stress and and such. But it's you realize it's not actually just the breathing that does that. It's the thought that you're being intentional in your breathing. You're intentionally thinking, you're actually thinking, because normally we don't think about breathing at all, we just hope we just keep doing it. So you're thinking, you're intentional about your breathing, and because you're breathing in, you're thinking about that somehow. That, that works, but I want to correlate that and bring that into your spiritual walk and what you're dealing with in your relationship with God, because I believe we're going to have to be intentional about our spiritual breathing, spiritually thinking about what is God doing in my life. And we got to come to the point where we are surrendering to God's uncontrollable, overwhelming presence in our life and that presence is his life that that pours into us i love Job. i don't like to read Job because it reminds me of uh, things but job 33 4 says this it says the spirit of god has made me so god made you god made you the spirit of god made me the breath of the almighty gives me life we live god made us but why we keep going and why we live from moment to moment is because of God's breath inside of us, the breath of God. The presence of God is in us. The presence is what gives us life. His presence is what gives us life and and is, is what enables us to move on. And that is so true in our spiritual walk as well. We need to understand how to breathe deeper, how to have more of his presence in our life. It's not just, I gave my life to God a long time ago, or I made this decision, or I signed this card, and now I'm good. No, 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 no. That is not what God has. God has so much more if we understand it. You see, the breath is not the person. Your breath in you, that's not you. But without the breath, there is no person. (laughs) So the breath isn't the person. But the breath is what is sustaining us, is what is moving in us. And that is because when the breath is gone, so is the person is gone. And we need to understand that about God. We need to understand about what God is doing in our life now. We need God. We need his continual presence. So I mentioned we were in Maui, so the whole family was there and Justin one of my uh, sons was snorkeling for the first time, wanted, wanted to go out and do, do snorkeling, and his uncle had bought all the stuff, and, and so he put on the mask and put on the snorkeling, and he, and, he, and he said, just go out there and float and put your head under the water, right? You've got to get your head in the water. Just hang on to that. got to put your head under the water. And so he, he put his head under the water, and he started to breathe, and all of a sudden he came up real quick, and he's like, man, that, that was hard. That, that, that was different. And, and uh, Phil, his... Uh, his uncle said, oh, oh, you've got to understand, you've got to breathe differently when you're underwater. You can't breathe the same. The hole was a little bit uh, smaller, so you have to learn how to breathe differently. And this is my point this morning. We're going to have to learn how to breathe differently and breathe deeper when we're underwater. Literally, we have to learn how to breathe underwater. God's going to teach you before you're done. This morning, God's going to teach you how to breathe underwater, how to breathe in a crisis, how to breathe when things are overwhelming, how to breathe when you're thinking you can't go on. How do I do that? See, you never think about breathing, right? We never think about breathing until it's all that you think about. And there are people that have a hard time breathing. That's all you think about. And so I think that is, needs to be something that we need to grab a hold of. How do we understand? How do we move deeper in, in what God wants to do? So this morning, I'm going to continue my series on breathing deeper, breathing deeper. You see, we are, the, the series is, that we're talking about is how to thrive in an ER world. And boy, this world goes from crisis to crisis to crisis. And it's easy for us to do the same thing spiritually. Yeah, I live in this crisis, and God, you got to work out this, and God, all this is falling apart. Oh, I'm good now, so everything's fine. Oh, no, and we live from crisis to crisis. But God does not want us to live from crisis to crisis. That's the way the world lives. We have to live differently. So God's ER, at the end of the word, see, it's capital er. Er, God's ER is different. Last week, we we talked about being wiser. And I, I gave you a real simple thought. When you... When you, you have to remember what God has done so that you know what God will do. <laughs> that, that was the whole message. You're thinking, well, why did it take you 40 minutes? That's beside the point. <laughs> but you got to know, you've got to have that understanding. You must live wiser. And that wiser means God did this. I know he did this, so he can do this. <laughs> that right there, if you hang on to that, will change your whole life. But this morning, I want to talk about how to breathe deeper. We need to go deeper. It's not enough to be this surface. It's not enough to just go on the, on, on the God wants us deeper. When I was a, a young boy still, uh, there was this pool that was very, very large, and it had a, it had a low dive that people would jump off of, and it had a high dive that people would jump off of. And then it had a platform. How I many you know what I'm talking about. You know, that's, you don't go up there because it's just like stupid high. And I got this thing with heights. Anyway, this is as high as we go, right? Yeah. In fact, I get a little dizzy sometimes. Anyway, it it was really high, but I wanted to do it, and so I finally got enough of nerve up, and I climbed up, and I got to the top, and I thought, No, I cannot do this. But just sheer pride of everyone watching me, (laughs) uh, said I have to do this. So I go to the edge, pretty much like this, and I'm just thinking, I am going to die. It's just so so high, so high. So I thought, Man, I'm going to do it. So I just jump off. Don't dive in or anything. I just jumped off. And when I did, I jumped and held my breath. And I'm, I, I promise you, I think I was floating in the air because I held my breath and the water didn't come. And I held my breath and the water didn't come. And I'm thinking, I must be literally floating in air. And then I opened my eyes and realized, no, I'm falling. I'm just so high up because all that happened in a split second. How many know what I'm talking about? When you're going to die, that all that flashes before your eyes? That was me. <laughs> and so I was falling. I thought, oh, I have to wait because if I hit the, the bottom, having to hold my breath, I won't have enough air. So I let go of the air to breathe again in and then hit the water. <laughs> Barely had enough to just close my mouth before it just flooded in. It might have, hit a little bit, <laughs> went all the way down, you know, because just a little guy. Went all the way down, and then I thought, I felt started feeling better. I made it. I didn't die, so that's really good. So I started to swim up, because it was just right there. You know, you could could see it. It was just right there, 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 there. And halfway up, I'm starting to panic, because I'm thinking, I'm not going to make it. I am literally not going to make it. It must be 200 feet up there. I went 200 feet down. Well, okay. That's what it felt like. Come on. Sometimes we're in the crisis, and this is what we're feeling like. And this thought hit me. It would be great if I could breathe underwater. (laughs) Maybe I was hallucinating for the lack of oxygen. I don't know. You'll be Aquaman, whatever. I needed to learn how to breathe underwater. I needed to learn how to breathe in a crisis. We need to learn how to breathe deeper and not go from crisis to crisis to crisis, but live something bigger, Live, live something greater. You see, God... Wants us to breathe deeper, not to just survive, to to thrive. And so often I find that in my own life or in other Christian's life, I'm just getting from this crisis to this crisis to this crisis, and I don't want to live that way. God does not want you to live that way. How do we live differently? And I believe with all my heart that's going to come, living differently is going to come by going deeper, by believing deeper, by seeing what God wants to do in our life. Because you see, The breath of God that sustains us is a powerful, powerful thing. God's presence in our life, taking more, is a powerful thing. I love 2 Thessalonians 2. Don't get lost here, you know, because it deals with eschatology. It deals with last days. It says the lawless one at the very end of the age, you know, when when the the lawless one comes and is attacking the church and is overcoming. So not a good moment, right? The lawless one comes. It says that Jesus will come back and well, i love this overthrow him with the very breath of his mouth he's not pulling out a sword and fighting it till the end you know that you know we like our heroes fight 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 they're going to lose they're going to lose all of a sudden they win no 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 it's not going to be that way the very breath is, is, is the very will overwhelm the enemy the very breath the very breath that is in us the very breath that we're yearning to know more and more of God, that is what's in you. That is what God wants to do. And that is the breath that helps us overcome in any crisis, no matter what we do, to overcome the struggles that we're facing. I want to tell you a story that you might be very familiar with. Uh, Most of you are. At least you've heard it somewhere because our culture is inundated with it. And it's the story of Moses when he's in the wilderness after having fled Egypt, he murdered someone, and he ran away, and he uh, went to the back desert somewhere, got married, and was tending sheep for 40 years, so he's thinking this is over, right? And he's, as he's walking around doing, doing what he does, you know, going through the motions, you know, with this emptiness, this sort of scarring that was in his heart, this, this wound that was there, all of a sudden he looks up and he sees something different. He sees something that he can't understand. You see, Moses' burning bush that he sees was an invitation to breathe deeper. It was an invitation that says, you don't have to live like this, Moses. I have something deeper for you. And here's just my first thought. Breathing deeper, that God wants you to think, wow, what's all this breathing deeper about, Greg? It means going into the depths of the change that God has for you that you cannot explain. And God calls us into deeper. God calls us into things that we say, well, that doesn't make any sense. God's responsibility is not to make sense to you. (laughs) Our responsibility is to follow him. And so often God leads us into things, that God, that's crazy. How can I do that? How, how, How can I do that? Are we willing to go deeper into the things of God, what God wants to do in our life, even when it doesn't seem to make sense? To our natural mind, to we're trying to figure it out. We think this doesn't doesn't really make sense. You see, Moses saw a burning bush that he had seen many times before. Bushes burn in the desert. Just spontaneous fire. He watches it, it burns up. But this one, it kept going and going and going and going. And in Exodus chapter 3, verse 3, it says this. He, He said, I will go over. Literally, it means I will turn around and see this strange sight that I can't explain why the bush does not burn. There's something going on there and I can't get a hold of it, but I'm being drawn to it. There's something that's happening out there that's pulling me, that's drawing me. He approached it. It says that he turned, literally turned around. It, that's where we get the word repentance. He turned. He, he, turned and says, I was going this way, I was minding my own business, I was doing the best I thought God wanted me to do, I'm taking care of the sheep, I'm taking care of the flock, and all of a sudden, I see something, God starts to grab my imagination, or grab my heart, and that's what I'm praying this morning, that the Holy Spirit does in your heart. Not another message, not another sermon, but God gives you in a burning bush experience where he says, I got something deeper for you. I got something greater for you. If you just open your heart and just see what I'm going to do. You see, repentance means to stop going that way and start going this way. (laughs) That's what it means. We have a very interesting uh, 21st century American view of of the word repentance. It means I'm sorry I'm going this way, but I'm not going to (laughs) change. I'm really sorry my life is falling apart. My marriage is falling apart. My job is horrible. But I'm really sorry I'm acting like this. But God, I don't want to change. I don't want to do something different. (laughs) That's what so many of our culture has adopted repentance to mean. But it's not what it means at all. It means to turn around. Moses could have said, wow, bush burns. Crazy. Wow, that's amazing. And just headed on down his way and would have been lost in the hurt and the pain and the rejection and the failure that he experienced 40 years ago. Then God drew his attention, and he decided to turn. See, God loves you. God is pulling you. God wants to touch your heart. But you have to turn. You just have to turn. You say, Greg, I don't know how to get there. I don't know what that means. Like, like Moses did, <laughs> he just walked toward a burning bush. He just walked to a, a fire that was, was up there. Jesus tells a, a parable that's really interesting about a builder who builds a house, digs down deep, builds it and is uh, on the foundation, and a storm comes, and the building stands. And then he says there was a, someone that built a really strong structure, built, just built it on the dirt, just built it on the sand. The storm came and it fell apart. Now, what's interesting is the difference between these two stories. They're absolutely identical. The storm is the same. Even the building of the structure is the same. Everything's the same. What is different about these two stories? Luke 6.48. Says, Jesus says, in the first instance, like a man building a house who dug down. Deep. Dug down deep. Now, at least we just think this means anything we want it to mean. Jesus said, let me tell you what this means. The person that dug down deep did what I said. And the person that just built the strong house and made it look good and made everyone think it looks good. Come on. <laughs> and everyone says, "Wow, isn't he an amazing person? He's just a good person. He did everything, kid. It was totally destroyed when the storm came. Because Jesus said, he did not do what I asked him to do. The whole point is, are you willing to do what God wants you to do. God, you want me to do that? You want me to give that? You want me to say that? You want me to forgive him or forgive her? You want me to act this way at work? You want me to do these things? Uh, Yes. Because that's what builds the house that'll stand when the crisis comes. And you know, the crisis came in both houses. The storm blew. It, It will blow and blow and blow. And the only thing that stands is if we're willing to dig down deep, if we're actually willing to do what God asks us to do, what Jesus asks us to do, are you willing to do that? Are we willing to be obedient even when it doesn't make any sense? God, it doesn't make any sense. How is is that going to change my life? How is coming to church and being part of a body, how is that going to make any difference in my life? And yet, It's the very thing that holds us together. It's the very thing that changes because it's doing what God wants us to do. You see, breathing deeper opens the path for God's deeper. It actually opens the path. It is not the path. Breathing deeper, oh, I got to do this. So you're saying, you're saying... (laughs) Pastor Greg, if i show up and i give a little bit and i do this and i show up and i even serve here or i do this like that that's gonna that's gonna make me no no none of those things will and i know you're thinking wow don't say that <laughs> but i'm telling you none of those things will because breathing is not the path just like your breathing is not the person but when your breath is gone so is the person It's not doing those things. Those are a result of what God is calling us to do that is deeper, to serve him, to love him. In fact, you know, we talk about it's important to give, and God bless you for giving because we keep the lights on, we get everything going. But the Bible says don't give if you're going to give with the wrong attitude. If you're going to give with the wrong, don't even give. Preachers don't like to preach that verse (laughs) because it's the wrong thing. It's the wrong heart. Now watch this, Exodus 3, 4. So Moses gets up there. <laughs> you you got to get this, because this whole message comes with a punch of something you may have never heard. He said, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look. When the, when the Lord saw that he had changed his whole life and he was perfect and he was great and everything. No, <laughs> he just went to look. Mm, mm. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called him from the bush, from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here am I. When God saw, it changed everything. But what did God see? God saw him just coming to see. Just God saw him coming to look, find out what is going on. One of the movie, most moving stories comes from World War II, that it was at an Auschwitz concentration camp, and it was right before the Americans came in and liberated everything. And the Nazis were cleaning up the atrocities, and they were taking bodies and just stacking them up. They didn't even worry, worry about burning them anymore because they knew they didn't have any time. They were just stacking up, and there were huge piles of dead bodies everywhere. And they went on their way. American soldier was coming through. He was in his Jeep. He saw all the atrocities. It's overwhelming. It's easy to not look when you see so much pain or so much death. It's easy to slug. But as he was going through, all of a sudden he stopped, slammed on his brakes, and looked over at one of the piles because there was a man there laying on the pile, and in God's grace, if you can imagine grace being anywhere in this, the man was thrown face up, and the soldiers saw him blink. You see, he was beaten and bruised and so malnutritioned and everything, he could not literally move, and the Nazis thought he was dead, so they threw him on the corpse, on the bodies, and they went on their way. But this soldier stopped because he saw him blink. Got him, took care of him, brought him back to health, everything, put him with the medical people. This man went on to have two more sons. He saw his children, his grandchildren, his great-grandchildren. All came, all were there, all living because somebody saw him blink. Do we understand? Moses came, but Moses couldn't really do anything. God saw him blink. God saw the pain. God knew the hurt. God knew the struggle that Moses was going through. God knew the calling that he had for him and the lives that he was going to uh, cause to happen because God saw him. Are we willing to see others? Are we willing to see that blink? Moses moved to the bush, so God acted. It's always God acting. It's never about you being religious enough or good enough or spiritual enough. It's never about that. It's always God acting and us responding to to that. God always creates a burning bush. There is a burning bush in your life right now. And you say, what is it for? To create hunger. To create a hunger in our lives. God, I need you. I need to... Breathe deeper. I need to learn how to breathe underwater. I need to learn what does it mean to yearn more of God and say, God, I just need you in my life. I'm not perfect. I'm not. I'm struggling here. But how can you do this? How can you move in my life? See, we live in a world of lost identity and spiritual hunger everywhere. And it's no no surprise we're dealing with a society that lost their identity, because Our identity is found in Christ. Our identity is found that God made us. (laughs) So it's no surprising that we're struggling. But there's people out there, and I want to let you know, God sees you blink. God sees you blink. God can take what is on a dead pile of corpses and turn it around and bring it into such wholeness and such healing. But it's not only about god's seeing moses blink but we live in a world where we have to see them blink we can easily condemn oh yeah, yeah. You, you shouldn't be like that you shouldn't act like that you shouldn't do well, whatever we can easily condemn instead we need to watch them blink hurting and we have the answer because the answer is in god breathing deeper so Greg, what does breathing deeper means it means you see the blink even when they're hurting Here's my last thought. Breathing deeper is about how God draws us closer. And it's easy to get the two confused. If you're sitting there thinking, I don't know if I understand everything we're we're saying. It's easy to, to think, I need to do these things. Give me the list, Greg, I need to do so I can be holy. I don't have one. But I will tell you, understanding that as we just do what God wants us to do and surrender our life to Him. Because it's never about what we do, it's about how He brought us to that. This is the crazy part of this whole story. And it's the part of the story we always get wrong. God creates a burning bush for the sole only purpose of getting Moses' attention so Moses will get closer. Right? I'm going to create a burning bush. It's going to burn and never be consumed. Moses is going to see it and will draw closer. Okay? So we got that. So Moses does exactly what God wants him to do and draws closer and draws closer and gets closer to the very presence of God. Cool. We're just thinking that's amazing, right? And then we get to verse 5 of Exodus 3. God said, do not come near here. What? What? Wait, wait. Wait, take off your sandals for the place you're standing is holy ground. So it's easy to think, you called me to come closer. God wants me to be deeper. God's yearning, be deeper. You're preaching, be deeper. You're preaching, uh, come to church so you can be deeper. Come to church so God can touch you. Come, you know, get involved here. Do this, give this, do whatever so you can be deeper. And then I get closer, and all that is, is about is to tell me how, what kind of an unholy bum I am. <laughs> I'm unholy. I can't even get closer. It, it, see, that's the, world, the way the world sees this verse. And even some translations, sorry, I'm going to step into a little bit of it here. Some translations twist this around. They, because in the, in the original language, it says, God said, do not come near, you need to take off your sandals, because this place is holy. But they turn that around, and they say, Do not come near, God said, (laughs) because you're going to take off sandals. And they emphasize the do not come near, and I don't think that's what it was all about. See, that's not the story. That's not the story. God is not about, God, I want to go deeper, but he stops me because I'm not holy enough. It's not about that. Here's the story. Here's what God really wants you to understand. It's not about how good we are, but what he's done. You see, what what you need to understand with this story is that God said, I will make a way for you to be close. Take off your shoes. He just created a means. Moses was there. He didn't say, back up, back up, back up, eight feet, no more. (laughs) COVID rules. He didn't hate to say, hey, this is the way it is. You gotta be nine feet and you can't be any closer. Come on, somebody understand what I'm talking about. He didn't make this arbitrary line, I can be here no further, I gotta stay back here, I gotta put my mask on, you know, because I'm unholy. No. No, he says, I got a way, I got a way. Take your sandals off. So you can be in my presence. And do you know to this day people take off shoes, even in my own house? We take off our shoes. It's just a sign of respect. It's a sign of putting away the old, seeing what God does. All over the culture, all over the world, in in, in almost every religion, there is this culture that I believe comes from this very thought, from this very moment. You see, God made a a means. God created a way. God created an understanding. And you sometimes people think, Greg, you want me to come to church and because and, and, God will love me and God will forgive me and do all these type of things and then you come to church and all I feel is unholy. And that's what people think sometimes, but that's not it at all. It's about understanding the means by which that we can become holy. For Moses, it was take off your sandals. But God has a deeper, greater story. Look what It says, Move up to that next verse, Michael, for me. Ephesians chapter 3. It says, in Christ and through faith, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. In other words, that's the means. So get this. The whole burning bush story, it's only about Jesus. (laughs) It's all about Jesus. It's about the means by which, how do we get close to God? It's not about thinking I'm unholy. I'm always be unholy. It's about what has God done to make me holy, and that's Jesus Christ. You cannot be holy enough. You cannot be good enough. You cannot be moral enough. You cannot do enough good things. You can't smile at me enough right now. You can't do it. <laughs> you can't, can't. To be holy, holy through Jesus Christ. Can we be holy? God has made a way. God made a way. Take off your shoes, Moses. Well, take off your sandals. I love the fact that Romans chapter 10, 15 pulls an Old Testament quote out and talks about how beautiful are the feet of them who bring good news. How beautiful are the feet of them who bring good news. You know, where this comes from is in a long time ago, especially it sort of started with the, with the Greeks when they were in battle and the battle went one way or the other, they would send a runner. And this runner would run sometimes hundreds of miles, hundreds of miles, bloody, beat up, bruised feet, to go and just deliver a few words. They would say, good news! And so the, the king in the city would know, okay, well, you know, we're okay. Or they would say, nah, bad news. In which case they'd say, prepare the city, prepare for the siege, prepare. It didn't go, to go well. He would travel all this miles just to say good news. And Jesus came from eternity and traveled all the way to earth to have his feet nailed to the cross so that he can bring you good news, the good news that God has made a way. We can come to know God. We can be deeper. You say, Greg, what is, how do I live? How do I breathe deeper? I want to move in from crisis to crisis. You have to move into who God is, into God's presence. You have to receive what he's done for you. You have to believe it by faith that God is going to touch you, that God is able to use you. Yet somehow, some way, in the midst of even your past, and boy, Moses had a past. But you see, when you come before God, did you see that Moses argued with, with, with God? Uh, yeah, not a good move. Don't try that. <laughs> it's like praying for patience. It's not a good move. You know, God will honor it. He's arguing with God. Why? Because God had brought him close. And he, what, do you, what was he arguing about? I'm not good enough because of my past. And God said, I've made a way. His sandals are off. And he tells us now, he tells you now, God made a way. Jesus Christ has died for if you'll just do what he says. Let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we all stand before you this morning and I pray for every single heart. Some of us are blinking, hurting, struggling. And God, I know you see us and I know you've made a way for healing, for wholeness, salvation for all of these things so God I pray in the name of Jesus that we'd be willing to turn away from the way we've been going to turn towards you and to do what you've asked us to do and that's to give our life to you so father I pray that for every single person with every head bowed no one looking around just real quick if your heart struggling. If you find that you don't know God, and maybe you've been religious forever, but you don't have a real relationship with God. He loves you, and he wants to touch you right now and change you. And you say, Greg, I don't know what to do. Just take off your sandals. Just uncover that pride or that resistance and say, God, I need you. Come in my life. This is what I want you to do. I want to pray, and I want you to pray out loud or in your heart with me and say, God, this is me blinking. This is me needing you. Dear Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of all of my sin. I receive you. Thank you for healing my hurt, my pain. Thank you for coming in and changing me. I need more of you. I want you in my life. Remove all the sin from my life. I give you my heart. In the name of Jesus. Amen. God is good, isn't he? God is good. I believe. If you pray that, God is in your life. God is moving. You, you say, well, Greg, I don't know what I did. It's the only thing, Yeah, you did. You're barefooted. That means God's going to do something. You understand the metaphor. Don't get lost in that metaphor. <laughs> Sometimes I do that. People go, what is this about sandals, Greg? I don't understand. God loves you and God can do.